Welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joel What's going on, y'all? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob, and I got some very great panelists with me today. First, we got Ants. What's good? How y'all doing, man? We got Deem. What's going on? We got K. Yeah, yeah. How y'all doing out there? We got Shy. What's up, Heat Nation? And we got George. Bro, you're getting paid too much, man. I don't like how you're the only name on the intro video. <laughs> Stop. Anyways, you listen, y'all. So this is really our first pod before the regular season. And I'm excited, man, because it feels so long without Heat basketball. You know, I said this when we did um the preseason pod that it felt like forever, you know, when that whole tragedy happened against boston a couple months ago but we're back and i'm so excited to see what the heat finna do and you know we saw a lot from the preseason i won't go too deep into it because i feel like a lot of coverage has been done for that but like overall you know i'm excited to see what the squad can do what all 15 men finna do left and right so i just want to go and see what you guys have to think especially as we get ready for a long 82 game season uh we'll start off with you and so joel i've been preparing myself over these last couple months because i'm not going to lie when free agency hit and we lost pj tucker and we're waiting who are they gonna get who are they gonna get oh look there's a spider out there oh look there's a durantula out there and then they don't end up with any arachnids and it just ends up being really depressing for a little bit but as we start to watch this offseason and you see the summer league you see a little guy named nikola jovich start to ball out then you see the preseason. He starts to ball out. You get some other names like Jamal Kane. Sorry, George. I know he's tired of talking Jamal Kane. But the truth is, there's just not much else to talk about this offseason. But that being said, we did see what I found to be a pretty exciting preseason as far as preseasons go. Because I typically am a guy that doesn't put any stock into preseason. It's a completely different game against uh, than the regular season. And half the time, you're playing against scrubs anyways. So it doesn't mean much. But you did see a lot of things that you'd like to see. You saw those two young guys that I mentioned play really well. You saw Caleb Martin thrive when he started at the four that one game. You saw an aggressive bam. You saw a really great Tyler. All those things being said, uh, it's starting to give me some hope going into the regular season. Because, yeah, you lost PJ. You really didn't replace him with anything. But I still think you have enough internal improvement from two of your three best players, being Tyler and Bam, that if those guys take the next step that they should, being the age that they are, then they should, then this team has a chance to be right back in the Eastern Conference Finals. And all you need is the role players to step up this time, and maybe they find themselves in the finals. So I actually am pretty excited going into this game on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the thing, because I know, like, a lot of people are kind of worried about the whole banking on internal improvement, but I don't know. To be honest, I will say that I am confident in our guys to step up, especially Tyler, because you finally got your bag. You don't got to worry about getting put into all these trade rumors and stuff. Just go out and play the best basketball that we know you're capable of doing. Because at the end of the day, like we know what he can do in the regular season. Like I said this in the last part, we know he can give you like 20 something points per game. 
The question now is, can you do that in the postseason? And, like, I know it's been tough because there's been injuries and stuff, but, you know, this year I'm really expecting it from him, so hopefully he could bring it. And, uh, Dean, what's on your mind? Um, Unlike Ant, I put a lot of stock into preseason, especially with players I have a big agenda on. And, and and that's that's Nikola Jokovic. Uh, he impressed me a whole lot in preseason. Him and Jamal came. Sorry, George, but them two guys. I'm 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 really excited for this season. I know everybody was upset about the the PJ Tucker loss, even though that was a big loss. But don't forget, Miami made it to the finals without PJ Tucker, and they they produce they produces PJ Tucker's every year in Miami. So even though that was a big loss, I'm 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 not too hurt. I don't think Miami. We we I don't think we're going to miss him as much as Heat fans think we are. Miami. We we I don't think we're going to miss him as much as Heat fans think we are. All right, that's something interesting to bring up. And like, yeah, because to be honest, when you look at the PJ Tucker thing, I mean, I want to go too deep into that, but. He already suffered, like, already kind of a big injury for someone his age when Joel Embiid um, fell on him, which was kind of similar to the whole incident that happened freaking last year when this man basically led to um, Danny Green having what could be a career-ending injury for him because that man is already 34, 35 years old. But, you know, to pay him three years, like, however many million dollars, like, it was honestly a good move for Miami to just let him walk or even though he was someone that did so much for Miami last year but yeah I see where you're coming from Dean and how about you kid I mean man just throughout the course of the pie here I'm assuming we're going to get into several things so I'll just try to nail it down to three y'all know I can get long winded bear with me I'm not going to do that right now I promise um listen the PJ Tucker thing we thought it was going to be a major problem we thought we would need a four um, I, I always thought that, like I mentioned in the last pod, we call him back to those things that Caleb Moore would be able to step in and, and fulfill that role, at least in a starting fashion, to give us the main 15 to 22 minutes we need there. And we would find a way to, you know, rotate or splice people in to fill out the rest of it. Um, back to points that have been made by, you know, panel members um, prior to me thus far. When you look at Nikola Jovic, though, and when you look at what Jamal Cain has brought, Sorry, George. We look at what um, Caleb has done. Um, I mean, they're, <laughs> they're actually making me more excited than I said that I would be if we brought P.J. Tucker back. And none of them are P.J. Tucker. Let's make that clear. Um, they all have the potential to become those type of players. Jovic has the potential to become um, a freak, but that's neither here nor there right now because I, I told you I could do this all day. But between what those three guys can give us, um, we'll be just fine. I promise you. Um, now that takes me to two more points and then I'm going to finish with my big bang. Um, my second two smaller points would be, we're going to have to monitor Kane's get, um, games because I mean, simply put, uh, it's either they're going to play him lightly early on so that he's there down the stretch or they're going to have to do him what they've done with players in the past. Like, I think I want to say that, um, was Caleb like this, where they had to sign him to a regular deal because he ran out of games? I don't know, but they've done it with several players in the past. Excuse me, details, semantics slip me right now. But Kane's going to be one of those type of guys because he just does a lot of stuff where you can get extreme value out of him at every point. Um, Jovic, he might be a starter before it's all said and done, and I mean like this season. I'm not declaring that, 
But when you look at his totality of ability, everything that he can do, the man can literally play one through five. He can't guard one through five. I'm comfortable seeing him spot manage three through five. But him beside Bam, him beside anybody, it just looks too good to keep that on the bench. And lastly, as Udonis Haslam said, and he's supposed to say this because he's UD, um, he's taking the heat out of the East. It's not a crazy notion. And I wrote that today at All You Can Heat. Um, the Heat are deep. They're as deep as they are in the league. They have a second unit that would make some teams envious of what they're throwing out there, their first unit. When you talk about Oladipo, Max Struess, and Duncan Robinson, being a Tyler Hero looks like the starter. But that's all I'm going to say, because like I said, I could do this all day. But this is a title-worthy team. Um, I'm excited, man. Um, let's just keep it going. I couldn't agree anymore, because I love the depth that this team provides. And overall, and I know not only you mentioned it, but I remember it was you, George, who closed um, the Biscayne Breakdown episode out with this team runs deep. And I do agree. Like, you know, one name that we've kept bringing up, so I'll mention too, like Jamal Kane and all these other guys, like they out here and they're doing their thing. And, you know, I don't want to get too hyped up because it is preseason. Like there was a time where I saw this man, Chris Silva, hooping out for the Heat. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, the Heat could really develop this guy into, <laughs> into a key rotation player. And, you know, fast forward a couple of seasons later, and he ain't even in the league right now. But it, it makes you happy, and it shows you what the Heat are capable of doing. You know, everyone preaches about how great our development system is. So who knows? You know, we might see some big plays from Jamal Kane, you know, like – Look at, you know, I don't want to bring him up, but we had a point guard that played for us during that first year of Jimmy Butler, and the dude played amazing. He was the runner-up for Rookie of the Year, and, you know, the dude was playing really good until the bubble came around, and if we could have someone step up in a similar way where they're undrafted like the Jamal Kane and go out and have a breakout first year for the Heat, I mean, I'm all with it. So that's the way how I view it. And Shai, what about you? I was just going to agree with Dean saying that, you know, the preseason does hold some weight in my opinion. I feel like it sets the tone of what to expect for the rest of the season. So I can't say, you know, preseason doesn't matter because it shows the chemistry they were able to build even in that short amount of time. I feel like we saw a lot of great potential and chemistry coming in with even with the new guys throwing them in there. Um, I like the way they were able to play off of each other. Um, you know, I don't want to talk Kane and Jovic that much because we're not sure if they're going to be that heavy in the main rotation. But I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to it. I definitely would not. So. Right. And George, what's your take? If I hear Jamal Kane. <laughs> one more time, I, am going I tried to not to. Out. I really I did. did. 12 <laughs> shows last week. 12. Count them. 12. <laughs> and we talked about Jamal Kane. Every single one of them. Let's cut Jamal Kane. Let's bring back the goat, Chris Silver. Baby, you don't just hassle him himself. I can't wait for that 10-day contract when he comes back. He get, he's going to get three of them in a row. He's going to do absolutely nothing. But I, look, in all seriousness, I've, I've had my doubts with the team. Um, some of them still remain because a lot of them are tied within the playoffs and, and uh, which players can and can't perform there. Um, it all comes down to really how... Tyler Hero and Bam play in the playoffs. That's our biggest. Our, that's where our biggest improvement will be shown. Nothing through the regular season. You're not going to see anything, regardless of if Bam becomes a 25 point, point per game scorer. 
starts taking threes, starts doing all this stuff, shooting 10 free throws a game. Doesn't matter if Tyler starts averaging 30 um, at whatever position. But I um, look, my my regular season expectations are, are quite low. Like I, it is, it is what it is. I don't feel like we have a lot to prove in the regular season. Besides, just let's just get a decent seed and uh, and go from there. But when the playoffs come around, that's when we're going to have to prove to ourselves where the um, you know, where the team that that people need to be scared of. When it comes down to the playoffs, we're going to have to prove to everyone that we're that team that everyone's going to be scared of again. When Jimmy goes goes off, hopefully, uh, both Tyler and Bam can come with some real aggression. But it's about the young guys. That's what that's what it is. With the regular season coming around, people like Jamal Kane, people like you know uh, uh, Drew Smith as well coming into that two uh, two a deal again. I don't know what they what they see in him, but obviously they, they know something we don't. Um, people with people like Duncan as well has a lot to prove in the regular season. Um, when it comes to how many minutes he's going to be able to get down the line, but it's all it's all moving towards the trade deadline and seeing what we're going to be doing with these expiring players so it's a it's an exciting season seeing what's going to happen there might be roster moves there might not be we might have enough we might not but it's all going to be uh in due course george i am so proud of you man because i distinctly remember getting into into it with you maybe not even three or four months ago when we were arguing saying what's this team going to be if the miami heat running back and if I remember correctly, you were over there crying, saying, oh, at least get Kyle Anderson, at least get Kyle Kuzma. Oh, my God, please get somebody. And I was preaching to you, saying, listen, George, this team has some really great young players in it. And if these guys can step up the way I think they can and the way they should, being 22 and 25 years old, respect- respectively, I said, this team might have the chance to be a better team next year. So it's nice to see you finally coming around. I don't know if that's because you just want some hope going into the season and you want to, you don't want to just be negative all year. But it's nice to see you coming around because I certainly agree with you. And to me, those two guys have shown that they have the skill set, that there's still another leap they can take. And if that's the case, then this team's going to be scary. But I agree with you. It's going to come playoff time. Regular season's not going to tell us nothing. We saw Tyler Hero ball out in the regular season. The next step is for him to do it in the preseason and not get that DeLon Wright treatment that he got. So I do agree with you there. I think you mean postseason. And don't take words out of my mouth. I've never seen anything about no Kyle Kuzma. There's no uh, – and, and it sounds what like you you're want? Bobby Portis, Ricky Rubio. You wanted What is wrong Bobby. with Bobby Portis and Ricky Rubio? What is wrong with both those players? Well, for starters, uh, Bobby Portis. Championship player Bobby one of Portis? the ugliest human beings I've ever seen. Okay. He's got more rings. He's got, he's got rings. That's He's got a ring. That's all I care about. Plural. The end of the day. I was going to say. Me, no, give me – he's got one ring. Give me championship pedigree players today. And it sounds like you're obsessed with the word Kyle. Kyle Anderson, Kyle Kuzma. What about Kyle Lowry? That's what I want to talk about quickly. Kyle Lowry. The expectation for him coming in the season is something that he owes us $30 million for the meatball. He is the meatball. That's what I'm calling him, all right? He is round. Those those big T-shirt, I lost weight photos, complete lies. They were lies. This man still looks as big as he did last year. And and the injuries aren't going to get easier. He's older. His knees are worse. I I, I don't think that Kyle Lowry is going to be the player that we think he is. So come halfway through the season, is there a possibility that you could look to put him in a trade package? 
Let me, let me listen. Like I said on on Biscayne Breakdown, if we trade Kyle Lowry in the regular season, that means things went downhill. If we're trading our starting point guard, championship caliber starting point guard, in the middle of the regular season, that means that that means Miami was a playing is a playing team. And I'm gonna disagree with both of y'all when y'all say the regular season don't matter. I think the regular season do matter because it's going to show what team we're going to be in the playoffs. We want to know the flaws going into the playoffs from the regular season, like we've seen in the regular season and this past playoffs. That you know it was times where this team couldn't find a go-to score. It was hard for this team to put up points. We've seen it in the regular season and we've seen it in the in the playoffs. So I think the the regular season is just as important as the playoffs. All right, a couple of things, man. First of all, let me start off with this. Chris Silver's name has been invoked on this podcast, and here's the thing. If Joel Anthony could have a role, and so could Chris Silver. He just got phased out. There were guys out there that were more valuable in that last roster spot to him. He's a heat guy. He'll run over his mama to get a rebound. It might not look good, but he'll do it. Um, Anyway, let's move on. When you look at this season, man, the regular season does matter. And I think particularly this year, it's because we're going to be an off, excuse me, I hate to say we, but there we, anyway, hell with it. We're going to be an offensive focused team this year, whereas in years past, we've been a defensive focused team. So though we are going to slide under the radar, and I told somebody this on Twitter the other day, um, you know, I like to, you know, call back to my thoughts so that everybody know I'm not lying. I can send you guys the tweet. Um, we're going to slide under the radar, but we're sure probably going to be a contender because of that the depth that I mentioned, and because of that offense, like this is going to be a Heat team unlike anything we've seen, I believe, from the perspective of they're going to lean so heavily into outscoring people that the defense is, of course, going to be an afterthought because they're the Miami Heat. But the defense is going to be like, damn, they play defense too? So, um, excuse my French, guys. But, you know, the thing about that is that's something that's going to take time to develop rotation-wise, got everybody fit. Tyler Hero's ability to knock down that off-ball shot, to move without the ball, come back, catch-and-shoot ability is going to unlock so much for him. Makes me extremely comfortable with him being in the starting lineup. That's something that he showed against New Orleans. Um, I think that, that the potency that lies there is just something that's going to be different, something that's going to make the regular season intriguing. And though we're going to slide under the radar for most of it, I think that's something that most teams are going to look at them for as they head into the playoffs. When it comes to potentially trading Kyle Lowry, you might want to keep your eye on Draymond Green. And I'm not putting this out in the ethos. I'm not saying I want him. But the Warriors are going to move him. And when you're talking about matching money, you want to keep your eye on that scenario. So, but you do make a point. If we move him, it's because the season is going to crap. Okay. I don't usually disagree with you, but I 100% disagree with you on when you said this Miami Heat team will be more of a focal point on the offensive end than the defensive end. Because I, 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 this is – defense creates offense. And this team, their best – their best three players are defend, are great defenders. And our, our head coach and president pride themselves on the defensive side of the ball. We need we need the defense. Well, this Miami Heat team needs defense to create offense for them. We're not like the Brooklyn Nets where we have Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant. This is a, a gritty team. I always say, you know, it's hard to, to win a championship with 
grit and grind your way to a championship. It's hard to do that because I I think this is a this is a scoring lead where you do need scores, but you also need great defenders. So that's that's just where I disagree with you at on the this is more of a this team would be more of an offensive team coming into this year. I want you to actually speak more on that on why on why you think that. Should I hop right in now, guys? Um, well, when you look at the depth that I'm speaking of, think about the traditional lineups and think about what we have been over the last several years. Tyler Hero, yeah, you had the Duncan Robinson situation last year, which kind of made that a moot point of one of those guys are going to be that off the bench. Speaking of Max Truss or Duncan Robinson. So you took Duncan out last year, so you didn't have that to worry about. But let's say you have Duncan Robinson the thing that got Duncan Robinson $100 million, which is now on your bench, mind you. And because Tyler Hero, who was your one-man show off the bench, is now your starting two guard, which, by the way, is way more offense in that starting unit, a top 25 score for most of the league, you add that to a starting lineup that just went to the Eastern Conference Finals game seven. So, first of all, then you bring Duncan Robinson from two years ago that's over 40% from three on nearly nine attempts a game from the bench you know what i mean based on what we've seen in preseason and also adding the guy that went nuclear enough to take the starting role from him last year in max Struess back to that bench unit mind you of nikola jovic who we've both spoken highly of plus a jamal kane plus whatever you can get from deadman plus whatever you can get from your seven and the guy that i haven't spoken about is victor oladipo who though had a rough preseason his role on this offensive team is going to be to facilitate to those shooters on the second unit. So what about when he decides to go all Orlando Depot every three games or so? Man, you're talking about a second unit that could realistically, I'm, I'm not even hyping, this second unit between those three guys alone could give you 45 to 60 points a night. Mm -hmm. I don't and we'll hold, and hold up, hold up. Before we continue, I have something huge to like really bring up. I just gotta say, like, NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back. So tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any five dollar NBA money line bet and get two hundred dollars in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place a stepped up same game parlay today. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. And I'm telling y'all, come Heat versus Bulls this Wednesday. Y'all already know I got a place to bet for the Heat. So with that all being said, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TBPN and make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. And just so you know, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. And that's basically it. Continue yeah, out with the convo. That was awesome. I'm ready to go put a lineup in right money. now. Oh, <laughs> hey, I'm going, let me speak. I'm going out of my cage. Go, I've been go heard, on DraftKings. Go ahead, George. I, go I ahead. just heard someone say Draymond Green for Kyle Lowry. Now, I don't care who we are. We are not that damn bad. We are not that damn bad. 
excuse me, hold on. You are not going to do this to me. That is not what I said. What I you said definitely was said he, that. No, what I said is if he is to be moved, you want to keep an eye on that situation. Meaning those wheels might turn at the same time. I didn't say it was going to be a straight up deal. I'm saying when you're looking at the amount of money that's out there, you have to also consider business as opposed to just hopping on the trade machine. I'm just saying, bro, how many other contracts that teams will be looking to get off that can possibly be moved this season? We're just talking about numbers here. That's all I was saying. So don't say that I said Cal Lowry will be traded for Draymond Green because that's not what I said. No, Thank I, you to I quote. Think, I think that's Kyle official. Lowry will be moved. After this season, but y'all got to look at the bigger picture. If your starting point guard is traded in the middle of the season, that means it's, it, it, it's, it's stuff didn't work out. It's not good. It's not looking good for Miami Heat. Are oh, we, no, are I we agree saying there. right now, are we saying that right now that Gabe Vincent is incapable of starting? Is incapable he, of playing a bigger role? He's 100%. No. But I'm not saying is. that either. No, no, no. I'll say, no, I'm not saying that either. He is capable of starting, but I think you heard it here is... first, folks. K wants Draymond Green for Carl Lowry, and he doesn't <laughs> like Gabe Vincent. These two I teams... said he's capable of starting. Who are you, Stephen A. Smith? <laughs> he's de- he was, he was <laughs> the third best player, the fourth best player in the playoff was Gabe. I Vincent. love me some. I love me some Gabe Vincent, who was a guy I forgot to mention when you're talking about we're not going to be an offensive team. I'm sorry, I just had to shoot at you guys because I feel in the corner right now. But Gabe, but, is a, um, is a def- he's a great defender. I believe he's a better defender than he is an offensive player. I think he's a great two way player. I I don't disagree but i won't full heart, wholeheartedly agree there either the thing about Kyle Lowry, and i'm gonna say this then i'm let somebody else talk because we didn't got into a whole little tangent here i believe that Kyle Lowry is going to bounce back this year first of all i want to put that out there however i wanted to agree with you in saying that if we do end up having to trade him that's terrible that's all i was saying i'm not saying that he's going to get traded i'm not saying any of that is going to happen I'm just thinking about the possibilities based on how business is done and based on like you said what that would mean for the heat but I think Kyle Lowry is going to bounce back because I think he was out of shape. I think his rhythm wasn't there. He was coming to a new situation, whatever he was mentally dealing with last year. Um, didn't allow him to get into that whole thing that he needed to be into. And he still had Kyle Lowry moments. He just couldn't give you that consistently or as much as you need it. And that's what it takes to win a title. And I think we're going to get that this year. But who knows? Listen, we all saw one of those Kyle Lowry moments when he did that terrible flop against the Atlanta Hawks in the first round. So I know exactly what you're talking about, Kate. But what but about what about in the conference finals where he won well, us that game, though? Well, here, I actually have an opinion that seems to be a little bit of a mix of everybody here. Because one, I also want to shout out our sponsor, DraftKings. And if y'all want some easy money, go ahead and bet the under on Duncan Robinson because he's going to suck this year. And I completely <laughs> disagree with Kay on that. But we'll save that for the next topic. But going back to this whole Lowry Draymond thing, which is not something I ever thought about. So I actually really like that you brought that up, Kay. I actually love the idea. And I think so far it's Kay, do you like that idea or you was just mentioning it? Um, it depends on what Cal Lowry does. So if we have to move Cal Lowry and there are no other takers out there, I like Draymond for the heat, but I'm the type of guy. I want Draymond to take $20 million or less because there are teams out there that are going to be willing to pay him 25 once he is the market. Let's just all be real about that. If he take 20 or less, I'd be willing to take it. I'm not saying I'm tripping over myself to do it, though, no. Because I like the trade. But that being said, I also like Kyle Lowry. I don't think he's completely terrible like George seems to think. So it sounds like George dislikes Kyle Lowry 
and dislikes Draymond Green as he's mouthing to me on camera that he did, didn't say that. Now, if you're saying that he's overpaid, fine. But who isn't overpaid in this league? In this league, you have to overpay to get players, okay? But I think the reason I would do that trade is because I believe in Gabe Vincent. So Case sounded like he would do that trade, but he also sounded like he didn't really believe in Gabe Vincent. No, no, no. So that's – am I wrong there, Kay? Where are you at? Yeah, you're wrong there. I, and that's what I was trying to clear up. Um, and I just wanted to make that point clear. And that's why I said I wanted to make sure we got back straight because sometimes – in the translation of the chaos of the whole debate or the conversation, points can get lost. No, I fully and firmly believe in Gabe Vincent. I love me some Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent could start on at least 15 teams, and you can't prove me otherwise because he's so two-way and he's gritty. So, no, I love me some Gabe Vincent, and he could totally start for this Miami Heat team. You know, we we on a whole wild convo right now. Um, Shy, do you want to make any sense of this right now? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to go a little bit off. Of, I think somebody mentioned PJ Tucker. I don't feel like we talk about that loss enough. That 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 was a blow for us. I I'm still debating in my head who can step up and fill that position because for us to say that this season we're going to be an offensive team instead of a defense defensive team, I think that's unrealistic. Defense to me wins championships. Offense sells the tickets. We have always been a defensive team, and I feel like that's why we've always been, um, you know, realistic contenders getting into those finals. So I feel like that P.J. Tucker loss, I know it hit me hard, and I feel like we're going to start to see throughout the season the real effects of not having him on this team this season. Um, That being said, I'm expecting Bam, Hero, you know, everybody to step up, but I still feel like even with them – playing more aggressively and uh, playing a little bit more into that defensive role, we're still needing somebody to fill that spot. I I appreciate, like, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. And I agree that Peter Tucker loss is huge. But we can we could never, ever offer him that three-year, $33 million deal. It's just never going to happen. Like, can you imagine paying someone $11 million when they're 40? No, no, that's I, valid. That's, that's valid. Such a, it's such a bad thing, and it's such like it's one of those necessary losses. But I know, I know what you're saying. It takes its toll on the on our game plan, and and the fact that we've been a defensive identity team for so, such a long time. But the the best defenders are still on the team. He wasn't even in the top two. He was the third best defender. It was Bam. It was Jimmy, and then it's it's PJ Tucker. In my opinion, that's just that's just my opinion. I feel no, like I Caleb. Agree. I feel like Caleb offers something that PJ didn't. And PJ was ex- one of the hardest workers that we've ever had on the team. That's just, that's no doubt. He's one of the hardest workers. He got I've that dog in him. He got he that does, dog he in him. He, he was killing it. And I loved him on my team. But with Caleb Barton stepping up and taking that role now, I feel like he offers something a bit more as well. It's a little bit more of that def- defense to, to offense transition that really helps us a lot because he's faster. He's not as strong, but he's, he's more limber. He's 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 going to be able to get to you know get to the paint a lot easier. He he's a better ball handler. That's just my that's just what I've seen from from last year to this year. He's a better ball handler than PJ is as well. He offers something that we didn't get with PJ, which might play into our advantage because as suppose you know going to switch into more of an offensive game plan now with starting Tyler Hero. Um, over, and we see that because he's starting him over Oladipo. Oladipo is a certified defensive freak. He's an amazing. 
So by starting Car- uh, Hero, there's an obvious switch in our mentality going from defense to offense, which I don't know if PJ would be able to to really play into that sort of system. Not but, you know, being 38 years old, I don't know if he'd be able to play into it as well. He was a good three point scorer pre All Star break, but post he was he fell off the map. He absolutely did. He was leading the league at one point in quarter threes and then just dropped. Same thing with that happened to Deadman as well. It's something about the all-star break that ruins these types of players. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting, though. It's going to be – look, when I said before that the regular season doesn't matter, I don't, I don't mean – I mean in the grand scheme of things. You know, as long as we get a good seed, that's all I really care about. But we're going to see these the rotation iron itself out. We're going to see if Duncan can play himself back into it or if he's just going to be another lost cause on 18 million. Yeah, so to, to piggyback off something you were saying there, boss, um, you're right. When it came to the post-All-Star break, I would look more at the injuries for P.J. Tucker and Deadman, though. Um, just speaking, and, and I think what a lot of people are miscategorizing about my perspective is that because I said we were going to lean more into offense is that I said we weren't going to play defense. When, in fact, I said we're still going to be the Miami Heat. They're still going to play defense because they're the Miami Heat. I'm just saying, based on some of the other things that have been mentioned throughout the podcast, such as Tyler Harrell being chosen over Oladipo, that's a clear sign that we're choosing offense over defense. We're leaning into an identity this season that we couldn't have taken in previous seasons because we just didn't have the firepower. Like, yo, we're talking about Nikola Jovic, who's a guy that could come in on that bench and just ignite pure potency being a seven-foot point guard. Like, not only Oladipo distributing, but that guy, too. Like, we don't know. Um, and I was the guy, um, Shy, that actually mentioned the loss of P.J. Tucker because it frightened me at first until I saw the progression with Caleb Martin. Sorry, George. Jamal Kane, um, Nikola Jovic, and everybody else that came along because of that versatility that was mentioned about the new options we have at the four. They don't do that thing, which is defense at all levels, as high a level as P.J. Tucker, but every option we'll see at the four this year can just do more than P.J. Tucker, so it's different. All right, so it looks like everyone's got their thoughts out about that specifically, and you know, and that's the thing, like what you guys mentioned, you know, you know, one thing that we went back on this PJ topic about was while he will be missed and something that George, you did acknowledge is the fact that we weren't going to pay him that much money at the end of the day. So that is, that was something we were going to have to deal with. And, you know, one thing that I do want to quickly touch on before we close this pod out is, and I don't want to make it seem like we're already talking about trades and stuff because, you know, the season hasn't really started yet. But in my opinion, and y'all can disagree with me if you want, I feel like you do need to make at least some sort of trade to make it, to at least give yourself more confirmation that you have a team that can legitimately go to the finals. And like, the reason why I say this is because I'm not saying you got to go into the trade deadline and trade for like a superstar, but if you could just go out and get a key role player, I think that could really help in the long run. Because if you look at the last four teams that have made it to the finals, specifically from the East, they've all made some sort of major move that honestly helped them. Like, for example, Toronto in 2019, they went and got Marc Gasol. That, he played a key role for that 
Raptors team. 2020, the Heat getting Iguodala, Crowder, and Hill. We saw what they did for Miami. 2021, um, the Bucks getting P.J. Tucker. You know, 2022. I really didn't think much about this, but the dude did cook when it when he played against Miami. That man was none other than freaking Derek White. He had his moments as well. So, like, overall, like, for me personally, if you're the Heat and you can go out and you can get, like, a key role player that can come out and do their thing, you know, depending on what you have to give up, you know, I'm all for it. You know, I know a couple names people have been throwing out there is guys like Harrison Barnes or whoever and stuff. And, you know, I want to know what you guys think. Like, are you guys on the same board where you're like, you mess with this team, but you feel like you would love to see a trade down the line? Or are you guys just wanting to see how everything plays out? Because that's also an option as well. But for me personally, I per I strongly believe that no matter how good this team could be, it wouldn't hurt to at least just make one small roster change by the time the deadline comes. So the floor is yours to whoever wants to hop in. Point Joel doing point Joel things. He just read <laughs> my mind. That is the most interesting topic up until the trade deadline right now is we have expiring deals. We have a lot of them. You've Omi uh, at seven, Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, these types of players are all expiring deals. Now, when it comes down to it, Max Schuss and Gabe Vincent are going to demand around the same price as Victor Oladipo is getting now around $9 million. Um, He's got a player option as well. He's technically an expiring deal as well. Um, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see what they're going to do with these contracts because oh, the way that this team's orchestrated, it's not like Golden State where they're paying $500 million payroll. You know, we've got a $148 million payroll right now. They're paying $500 million. So is there a situation where we could just dive deeper into the luxury tax and, and, and to get these players? But there's rules, there's trades, there's, there's regulations around trades. There's a lot of things we have to consider in, this, in these, in these um, situations. But just say it comes down to it and, you know, Lowry's looking lackluster, um, but Bam and Jimmy and, and, and Hero's performing really well. Duncan Robinson's a really tradable contract as well. as around that 17 to $18 million mark. Um, he can really, you know, make a trade happen. So is it worth putting these deals together with a first-round pick to go in and get a better player? Now, I don't know which players are going to be available at the time because that's just a matter of time. We're going to see which teams aren't performing. Is, are the Bulls going to be – there's a bit, you know, a lot of rumbling around the Bulls right now saying um, if they don't perform, come come the trade deadline in February, on the February 9th. Are they going to look to move one of their bigger pieces like DeMar DeRozan? And and that could be a, a move that we could look towards as well. I'm not saying he's the perfect choice. I'm just saying he's a choice. So I I think it's all determined on how we play up to that point. If there's a really, if we strike a, a really good uh, rotation where these players like Gabe and, and, and Max Strews perform well, we just can't trade them. Or do they boost their trade value up enough to actually be put into a deal for a better player? Um, I don't. I don't think we should be talking about trades at all, because we we didn't even get to, we didn't have play a game yet. We didn't even get to Christmas yet. I, 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 we got to see what these young players, these young players are really capable of. You know, Jokic, Jamal Kane, these guys can really be helpful to this team in a regular season, and this might already be a championship roster. I don't know yet. None of us know yet. We got to wait and see. I don't. I don't think we should be getting ahead of ourselves on a trade thing. 
Deem is my man tonight, for real. For real. I really agree. Because I was just going to say, we talk about so much that the Heat has this depth. And we do. I don't feel like we... Not that we're not giving enough credit, because we do. But at the same time, let's see how we do in the season first. Let's fill it out, because we do have that depth compared to other teams in the East. Um, so I feel like we can run it back. Um, I've been saying run it back for like <laughs> forever now, but I really do believe that in my heart. So I want to hop yeah, in man. there because uh, oh, I was ahead, just going to say, go yeah, I want to hop in here because I agree with so far what Demon Shea said. So, and also I don't want to talk trades either because the season didn't even start. I don't, I don't know what we're doing here, but Shea or Shai did mention the depth, right? So I have a list here of kind of my depth chart, and I kind of want to, want to get your guys' thoughts on this because I think they have a lot of pieces. And like George was saying, some of these guys are expiring contracts. I'd hate to see them walk for nothing like Kendrick Nunn did, for example, when maybe you can't get a pick for some of these guys. So I have on my list here eight guys that I think are guaranteed to play. I'm going to read them off. If someone disagrees, just comment in the chat because it's the others that I want to talk about. But the eight guys I think that are guaranteed to play is Lowry, Tyler, Jimmy, Caleb, Bam, and then Vic, Gabe Vincent, and Max Struess. Those are the eight. If you want to assume that in the regular season, Spolstra goes 11 deep, that means that he would have to add, what's that, three more guys, okay? The guys that he can pick from is Dwayne Dedman, Yurtsevin, Nikola Jovic, Duncan Robinson, and Highsmith. You can argue all five of those guys deserve a chance to play the problem is they only have three spots. I personally would pick Deadman, Yurt, and Jovic just because you need the size, and Jovic has proven that he needs some time. That leaves Duncan Robinson without a legitimate rotation piece on this team. You cannot have a guy making that much money sit on your bench. So that being said, I don't see any way he's on this team past the trade deadline unless he happens to get a role early on because someone gets hurt, uh, I know Yurtsevin is hurt right now. I don't think he's going to be playing to start the season. Even if he was, though, I only expect 15 minutes a night from him and Deadman. So between the both of them, you get 30 minutes a night. But still, their rotation piece. Uh, and the only right I was saying, if Duncan balls out, if he does get some minutes early, maybe he'll stay in the rotation. But if not, I don't see any way he's in this rotation because you got the eight guys I mentioned, and then there's only three spots left. I think you got to go Deadman, Yurt, and Jovic. So. That leaves $18 million on your bench this year. I don't see any way he's on this team past the trade deadline. Whether that means Harrison Barnes, I'd absolutely love it. I would just hate trading a first-round pick for a rotation player. But if it's a guy like Harrison Barnes, I'll deal with it. If it was a guy like Bohan Bogdanovich, I wouldn't have liked it as much. But we're just going to have to see what happens as the season goes on. All right, so um, I kind of got skipped around on the last question. I'm going to go ahead and answer that. Then I'm going to address you there. Um. I'm never a guy of making trades just for the sake of making trades. Like, why are we making trades? Like, like so many people have said, um, Shy, um, Dean, we haven't seen this team yet. Like, what, what, what are we doing? Um, so, I mean, if there's a way out there to make your team better, you absolutely do it. But we don't know that yet because we don't know how good this team is. Um, and that goes back to a point that I've made um, all throughout the pod. The depth includes Duncan Robinson, so it confuses me with guys, you know, with people like, not guys, I didn't want to do that. Sorry about that, Shy. Um, it When people like Shy or like Ant says, Duncan Robinson is tradable, expendable, but at the same time, you don't want to do any trades. It almost feels like you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. And back to the money, you have to 
play a guy like that, especially when he's gone nuts this preseason. Like, I don't like, have we not seen him go nuts? Like, are we, have we not seen the same? Duncan Robinson is the guy who has no confidence. So of course, in games that mean literally nothing, of course he balls out, put him in a game that matters and see what he does. My brother, the game is the game. So I understand what you're saying, but doesn't that show you that you should give him an opportunity to show you that he don't got it? Because based on the last thing we've seen, he got it. Yeah, the last thing I saw was him getting benched in the playoffs because he was completely unplayable. That's the last thing I saw, okay? Okay, well, well, I would suggest that you find a screen and watch some preseason basketball. <laughs> and that's why I said in the beginning, I don't put complete merit into it, but you can't throw it away like it's not basketball either. So, I mean, I, I just don't see how you don't play the guys. Like, what we've done in this social media trade machine era it's focused more on the trades than the actual basketball, bro. So if we got guys there that can perform and give us something, why are we trying to get rid of them for no reason? Um, and when it comes to the rotation, I think that Yurt is the odd guy out. I think that Duncan is the ninth, 10th, or 11th guy. I think that there's a role for Devin because there's going to be size and you need that physicality. And I think that Gabe plays. Like I said, I think my bench unit looks like this. Um, Gabe Vincent, Victor Oladipo, Duncan Robinson, Max Struess, and it's going to be hard to keep you up across the floor. But then you also got Deadman. Um, Yurt is the guy that falls out for me because Yurt is still slow-footed and can't guard nobody. So at the same time, how are you the guy guarding the roll guy, but you turning around, looking around crazy, the roll guy scoring the layup, and you still in the middle of the paint? I've seen that three times this preseason. That's what he's been doing since he got here. He can't play. I just, I just want to chime in quickly as well. I, I want to apologize to Kay because I feel like you've been wildly disrespected on this pod. You know, I did the same thing the year before. I misconstrued your words a little bit and and and, and took it a bit far. You guys are thinking that I'm saying we should trade Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, and all these players tomorrow. I literally said it's a matter of time. Wait and see and see if this team clicks. If not, then we have to make trades because uh, Ant brought it up before. These players are expiring. They need to, we need to figure out what we need to do with them. We need to figure out who's being converted from their two-way contract. Like if, if Jamal Kane plays well, Drew Smith comes out and balls. We don't know. We don't know. So these, this is all a matter of wait and see and see who clicks and see it is not. Oh, no, I wasn't oh. disagreeing with that directly. No, no. I was just answering the question. Dean so and Shay did that. Shay did that. Oh, okay, no, I just... See, and again, because we've been confused so much, I like to make sure I'm clear. No, I wasn't disagreeing oh. with that. Because that's a part of figuring it out and doing what's necessary if you have to to make your team better. So exactly I'm just right. seeing what we got and making... And that goes back to my whole trade, Draymond, Kyle Lori thing. You have to look at the business of it all too, not just what fits the trade machine. Because hell, we can't just trade everybody and bring the best players back. If that's the case, give me the last two years of LeBron. Bring me Anthony Davis. Let's find a way to get Giannis in here. And if we can keep Zion on the floor for sixty games, bring him to Miami too. Because New Orleans ain't that far. Preach. Y'all feel what I'm saying? Preach. You this. Thank you. Thank you very much. Let's scrap this team. Let's trade Jimmy. Let's do it now. Have it. No, I'm just trying. All right. No, I'm just. Hey, I'm I, just... I love that. But by your logic, you would not play Victor Oladipo then because he has had an awful preseason. And if you want to go based off the preseason, then start dunking and bench Vic. So that logic no, 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 no. is still awful. Well, and I also mentioned the piece that I wrote. Like, Vic, the approach for Oladipo is what gives me hope. 
Vic has only played two games. He only played eight games last season, and we know that they were bringing him along. And as I mentioned earlier, his role with that second unit right now until he decides he can be Orlando Depot is going to be able to distribute. So we saw after only eight games last year what he was able to do to Jalen Brown in the playoffs. If you can do that and get me the 4.5-plus assists that you average in them two games in the preseason, yes, I got the facts, to my shooters, then I'm good. See, I, it's such a mind, but you, you brought up something before, Kay. It's such a Miami th- heat thing to do is to get involved on a, on a, on a trade that they have no business in. It could be a, a Dallas Mavericks and Golden State trade where they trade Draymond to Golden State and the heat would just creep in there and make this a three-team deal. To make. Just to move some money, but just, just to mo- move money. Exactly we right. We have to keep and that in a- mind. This is Pat Riley and Ellisburg we're talking about. These yeah. ain't no rookies. They're crafty. They're crafty. They know what they're doing. And, I, and I've always had faith in them from day from day one. I know when we didn't make trades, it was it's it's an initial human response reaction to feel upset the fact that this team didn't replace a player. But at the same time, this positioning that's that's been done, trading um, Casey Okpala, who's been playing brilliantly, by the way, at Sacramento. Um, he, he's been playing great. Don't you do that. Play, Don't you he's do been that. playing good goals. You want to Casey break my heart? Is talk, not an is NBA player, George. He is an that? NBA player, and he's and he's good, and he's fine. But no, we have to get rid of something to get to get something back. We can't we can't make a cake and then eat it as well. We can't do it. We can't have everything we want. Sometimes you need to sacrifice to 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 move forward. That's the way it works. To free up that pick that we did, the the right move is not there. Wait till mid season. Wait till it start the next off season. Something goes wrong. Something goes right. We don't know. We could be we could be champions by the end of the year. But it's it's a matter of positioning. We position ourselves and poise ourselves to make a move. Expiring deals, good good salary, you know, good good salary pieces and so players like um, you know, Hayward Heisman's on a two year deal. We've got players like Gabe Vincent, Max Strus expiring. We've got Duncan Robinson on a sizable contract. These players are a recipe to make a good trade happen if necessary. If necessary i don't know george i saw pat riley trade that bum kelly olenic and give victor the deep in return so maybe you that's don't a fantastic need, uh, trade habits. that's a great trade that was an amazing trade we have a potential we have a guy with so much potential to go back to his all-star form for nine million nine million that is prime pat riley right there that is nine million dollars he injured himself he <laughs> pat riley injured victor Oladipo, so he take less money and now we've got an all-star caliber player with potential coming off the bench for $9 million. Also, back to that approach, Depot knew that the best way to get back to potentially getting another bag was to be at a place like Miami where he could be his best self, be his best self in a winning situation, and potentially do it all in the hot where it's healthy. Well, do it all healthy where it's hot. Words, Twimble. I love y'all, by the he way. Can... If I sound mad, it's because I'm passionate. Because y'all said Chris <laughs> Silver, KZ Akpala, and he called Kelly Olenek a bum in the same pie. If you didn't want me on, why didn't you just say that? <laughs> <laughs> we we <laughs> we love you, Kate. We love you. We love having you here. This is why the pot is fun because we have passionate people on this panel right now. That that we we love the team. We want we and we all want what's best for it. We have different versions of what's the best team and how to get there, but. We we aren't called. I didn't call KZ no bum. He's fantastic. I love KZ. We didn't trade three second round picks for a guy with no potential. The guy has all the potential in the world. You know, he was baby Giannis. He was baby Durant for a little while. We had point justice. We put our, our role in. But if you're talking about Vic quickly, Vic wanted the bag. He could have gone straight to Charlotte 
where they have more more cases of legal problems over there than players to, uh, that are eligible to play. He chose Miami because of the culture, because of the winning that, that can come with being a Miami Heat player. He didn't just choose the money. If you wanted money, I'll tell you right now, Sacramento, Sacramento would have offered him $30 million over, you know, over two years to get it done. Uh, I want a one-on-one ISO with Ant real quick because a lot of y'all just glossed over this list he just had. And I want you to read that list one more time, please, because I don't know why everyone just skipped over this list. I'm going to give you the top eight first. Tell me if you disagree. It's Lowry, Tyler, Jimmy, Caleb, Bam, Vic, Gabe, Max. Any problems? Yeah, I have a problem. I think Duncan should definitely be in there. And everyone knows how I feel about Duncan. No, I'm not a big fan of Duncan Robinson. We all know that I, I done talked about him crazy in the playoffs. But Duncan Robinson definitely deserved to be in the rotation, and he will be because we need shooters. This is a shooting lead, and I don't agree with it. And I'm and I know it, it may sound stupid, but I'm about to say, but Kay said that, and I don't know which one of y'all agree with him, but he said that this would be more of an offensive team. You can't be more of an offensive team without your best shooter on the court. So Duncan, they Miami Heat and Eric Spo will find time for Duncan. I'm I can't wait to see Duncan and Nikola Jokic, or even what's more is going to be likely is Victor Oladipo. I can't wait to see them in the second unit of Victor Oladipo, of Max Schutz, and Duncan Robinson on the same court at one time. We need a we need a four. We need a power forward. We're talking about putting Duncan in the lineup with Max Struess and 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 Victor Oladipo. We need someone with height, and Deadman is not that guy. Deadman is not that guy. We need to get a serviceable big man. I and feel that's like why I believe Jovic will what about, get time. Also, what, what, what about? Gonna, I was about to say, yeah. What about the seven foot rookie? Oh, he's definitely mm. going to get minutes. In the regular season, he's 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 me we're going to I go had a chicken wing the other day with more meat on here, with more meat on than Jokic has, has his whole body. Oh, we can't play. Oh, Lord. He is, he is a literal, literal stick. He needs time. He needs development. He's okay, a, he can play the four now. Yeah, yeah, play right. Which he's going to get via playing in the reserve. Yes, absolutely. When he, when he averages 30 and 15 in the G League, then we can talk about him. He no, is, why would he go average 30 no, in the G League? No, that's reserved for like Jamal Cain. Jamal Cain, Jamal Cain, Jamal Cain. I want to hear your rebuttal on this. I I, I yeah. said I want to want to ISO. Deem's not just going to call ISO on me and get away with it. Listen, Deem, this is not Biscayne Breakdown. This is not your own show, so I am coming for your head. If you want a shooter on the court, why the hell do you want to play Duncan Robinson? Don't you think the man making $18 million a year who's supposed to be a shooter would have been out there during playoff time if he was hitting shots? He wasn't. That's why he was playing 12 minutes a game in the playoffs, because he was not hitting his shot, and that's the only reason he's out there. If you think he's the best shooter on the team, then I don't know where you've been what uh where you've been when Max Struess been out there because Max Struess is a guy who carries himself like a shooter. He does not put his head down when he puts shots up. He doesn't he doesn't go 0 for 10 or not even 0 for 10. Let's say he goes starts 0 for 3 and stops shooting like Duncan Robinson does, does. You cannot be a shooter and have the lack of confidence that Duncan Robinson has. You just you you can't have it. And for for you to think that he's a, assumed the lock on this team when he literally was not in the rotation at all uh in the playoffs in the biggest games last year is crazy to me. 
And we know Spo. Spo's not going to play a guy just because he's getting paid. We saw him bench Tyler Johnson at Spurs, and that man was, was on a $50 million contract. So, listen, Duncan was my guy. I loved him last year. And he had that first game in the playoffs where he balled out 7-8 from 3, and I stood on my high horse and told everyone, I told you so, I told you so. And then the man couldn't hit a shot the rest of the playoffs and left me looking stupid. That's why I'm cold towards the man now because he got me looking stupid, quite honestly. But okay. the problem with him is he'll so it's he'll personal. Shoot. It's personal. He'll, I got it. Sure, I got it. Sure. Because he'll shoot, but it's not even just personal because he'll shoot seven to eight from three and then he'll go the next 10 games and either go 0 for six, one for seven. That's his problem. He has too many games where he has the offers, the 0 for eight, the 0 for nine, the one for 10. That's how you lose games. If he could go out there and limit those and also limit the great games, and for the most part, just be that four for 10, you know, three for eight a night guy, that's fine. But his percentage at the end of the year looks okay because one out of every 10 games, he'll shoot seven to eight. But then when you shoot one for nine, the other games, those are all games that you lose because he's a negative asset who's shooting one for nine. So I don't want to look at his percentage at the end of the year and say, oh, okay, well, he was 38% in the playoffs. That's not bad. Yeah, but all the games where he was one to nine, one to 10, you lost those games because he's a negative asset. He should not be in this rotation. And I do not think he will start the season in the rotation either. Anyways, y'all. So <laughs> I'm sorry, Deem. I'll let you finish, but I feel like this has been a long convo, man. So we got to keep it for later. Like, this is, we got a long season ahead of us. So trust me, we will have the time for it moving forward. But overall, Thank you all for listening to today's episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. Uh, make sure to follow all of my panelists here. You got K underscore said underscore K. You got George, a.k.a. X Heat Lifer. Um, Shay, and I'm going to do my best to um say this, at Kardashian, Kardashian on Twitter. And then let's see. You got Deem at BL Deem, and then last but not least, Anthony himself at Anthony D underscore Heat. Did I do it right? Or I have Joel Jacob for MVP. Oh, I'll take that too. <laughs> but aside from that, thank you all for hopping in for today's episode. And we got a great season coming up. Make sure to check out our live stream this Wednesday before the Heat take on the Bulls. We'll be live at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time, an hour before the game is expected to start. We got so much stuff headed y'all way. Make sure to follow us on all platforms at HBTW Podcast, and make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel as well at Heat vs. The World. And we're only just getting started, man. We got a long season ahead of us. So aside from that, y'all, thank y'all for tuning in. And until next time, Hit my music because we out. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast.